Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. Both rivals, as as well as some having made some progress on cleaning out corruption that was that was causing real problems inside the the military and the security services. It was also in pissing off a lot of people, a lot of the sort of common people. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think you know. Last year before the party Congress, certainly people were looking for potential fishers and there was, you know, a lot of reporting about the premier was sort of pushing back and, you know, blah, 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 that, you know, may have been true that the premier and people around him were unhappy, but it was misreading unhappiness and grumbling with actually having any ability to really shape outcomes. Right. In terms of personnel and and policy at the 20th party Congress. So, you know, I'm very much at a loss to see uh, any sort of a credible scenario of how, for example, she or, or even more the party somehow um, loses its grip. Loses, I mean, it would really it would be some sort of an economic catastrophe, real catastrophe, some sort of a, you know, a, a military adventure that goes badly, um, potentially, you know, there, there, there certainly it's not impossible, but it, it's it's like. I mean, you know, is it more, is it any more likely or or more possible than say something happening in the U.S. that means that, you know, that we no longer have a functioning democracy? I mean, honestly, I don't mean to be play what about, but it's like the system. And one of the things that it's interesting over the last few months, because especially with the economic problems, the protests in November, and then the, uh, the, the messy exit from dynamic zero COVID, you know, there's there's a group of people who are sort of been talking about how China was going to collapse for a long time. And every few years or so, you get the sense like they, they feel like this is my moment. I'm going to be right. Finally, this is going to happen now. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Right. And yeah. so and so there was this there was this bubbling up over the last several months of how, you know, she's not really in control. The protest, you know, it's all these problems and that this may be it. And yet. The baseline has and, and, you know, it goes back to the, I think it was, there was a book published, I think in 2001 by someone named Gordon Chang, who's still, he was on CNN last night. He's, he's got a New York Post article today. So I'm not putting him in the show notes. Okay. Um, um, you can, if you want. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that, you can, but, but <laughs> just, no. he had this book called The Coming Class of China. And, and so, you know, so basically he started in the late nineties writing this book, talking about how China was going to collapse because it couldn't, it couldn't. You know, there'd be too many contradictions from its engagement with the West. And therefore, you know, it would ultimately the party would collapse. And, and, and you know, it created this entire school of, of people who saw the impossibility of this party being able to continue. And, you know, my my view has always been I mean, I joke I joke a long time ago and I was writing when I was writing in the Times. I think it was like, you know, my book would be like the coming model through of China. So no one would ever, you know, buy it. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it was always this dichotomy of like, or this binary of either China's going to take over the world or China's going to collapse. And the reality is probably neither, but it's going to continue to grind through all these issues. I mean, they're very, the party is very good at grinding through issues and people and problems and mm. they continue to do that. And so it, it just goes back to, I mean, one of the things I think has been interesting and it ties a little bit back into the earlier uh, question and discussion around Xinjiang is, you know, my view has increasingly become, you know, very, it's, it's you know, again, I'll, I'll be wrong and, you know, I, I'll eat the podcast if I'm wrong. It's fine. But one of the things that comes out of, say, what's been happening in Xinjiang around the surveillance and the hardening of the system and the 
um, increasing securitization of the state? And, the, you know, is that to the point about, well, how much of it applies to China? It's part of a much broader hardening of the system to both deal with risks from overseas, but primarily to deal with the kind of problems and fissures that the questioner brings up that would lead to some sort of an event that could, you know, result in the deposing of the leader or the collapse of the Communist Party. And so I think actually, as the party has gotten much more sophisticated with surveillance and technology used in its um, policing and stability, you know, security and stability maintenance, Mm -hmm. um, I think actually it makes it um, harder to craft a scenario where there's some sort of a, an outcome that leads to its class because we're just as as big as the economic problems are. You know, there are a bunch of protests this week from retirees in Wuhan, a couple other cities, over having their medical benefits cut. It's still, and again, I may be jaded, and you know, I, I, like I'm sure people will think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm missing the, you know, the forest for the trees, but this is not a party that is dumb or doesn't learn. And and this is a group that has been very focused for a very long time at specifically forestalling these kinds of risks. And so and internalizing the Soviet lessons. It's a very, very high bar for this stuff to happen. And I think what I, what's frustrated me with a lot of the commentary, at least in the sort of the West, especially in the run up, you know, like before the party Congress last year was it's just sort of like, this sort of baseline assumption is it's inherently unstable and it can't last. And yet here we are, you know, 30, what, 22 years after the best, I think it was the best of the coming class of China, mm-hmm. you know, 30 plus years after the Tiananmen Square stuff, 1989, where then for years afterwards, it was the whole lots of commentary about how it was unsustainable and had to change. And so, um, you know, again, my, the baseline, my view is always the baseline scenario is this is going to, this system and, you know, whoever's in charge will be with us for for a long time. Yeah, well, and, and that seems that. reasonable. I mean, Ben Thompson, his uh, analogy is he actually uses China as an analogy for Facebook, where like every three years, people are convinced Facebook is about to collapse and the house <laughs> of cards is coming down. Right. And there's a whole industry of people who continue to sort of go back to that and hope and a lot of people take. a lot of people hope it collapses right well, and facebook yeah both but yeah facebook right? yeah um and it it does seem reasonable to just be realistic about this and and consider the the structures that are in place that make it really difficult to move beyond the regime we have and i understand why people would would hope for change because you look at what's happened to the Uyghurs over the last five to ten years and and just lots of things there's so many examples and so i understand where the impulse comes from but i i also i read coverage even this week as we talk about the balloon stuff and all the fallout there i mean like there was this sentence in bloomberg that made me do a double take she must weigh precisely what mollifying the U.S. may cost him at home if that cannot be wrapped into a politically palatable message. And I'm sure that's true to an extent, but like the political consequences for she at home seem like they would be minimal no matter what happens because of how comprehensively he's consolidated power at this point. So it's almost like a, a talking point that well, should, should be understood in context. Like there's a limit. It, you know, but it's interesting you you raised that point because I, one thing I wanted to add to is is I'm definitely seeing a lot of discussion in, in certain places, some public, some not, of this idea that in spite of what happened to the 20th Party Congress, in spite of the way that she was able to really control the personnel process, <laughs> that because of the economy, because of 
the protest because of COVID exit, because of the U.S. tensions, you know, that there's all these factions and she's under pressure. And mm. I'm very, very, very skeptical of those claims. Um, but but you do see it. All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus. 